0: WMEX Quincy, Boston. Streaming at WMEXBoston.com. And on your smart speaker, just say, play WMEX. The greatest hits of all time are back. This is the all-new WMEX.
1: WMEX Boston. After fighting and coaching his way through a storied 47-year professional hockey career, Mike Milbury's gloves are again off for his next chapter as a radio host talking about the NHL, the Boston Bruins, and the hockey world at large. Proudly brought to you by Ketches Law Group New England. Check them out online at KetchesLaw.com. You're listening to Gloves Off Hockey with your host, Mike Milbury.
2: Well, thank you, Ben. Another day... Another bit of news from the Boston Bruins. He's back. Woo! Brad Marchand. Yesterday we were told by Jim Montgomery that Brad Marchand would not play, uh, that he was following a certain timeline. It would be quicker than Thanksgiving, but but not tonight. Then, all of a sudden, we wake up this morning and Marchand is back in play. Uh, They did a 180. It's okay to lie to the media. I've done it many times before. In fact, when we had a guy coming back in 1990, this guy's name was Ray Bork. We were in a 3-3, tied 3-3 in a playoff series with Hartford. And Ray had been out with a hip pointer. And at just about an hour and a half before the game, I had an interview with then radio announcer Bob Wilson, who had that big, booming voice. You remember that, don't you, Ben?
1: Oh, absolutely. Bob is a classic.
2: And, uh... He asked me about Bork and whether he's ready, and I straight face said, there's no chance, and uh, he didn't talk to me for weeks after that. <laughs> I can only imagine <laughs> why. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Ray came out, first shift, threw the puck up ice to Johnny Bice, and we won game seven, And and it was a big psychological boost for us to have him in the lineup, so I wanted to keep it. Tight. And Marchand said this morning he didn't, he knew they were playing games. I I think Montgomery used the word I was being coy yesterday. But um, Marchand wanted to just get through that workout, see how he felt. And then, you know, they fessed up that he's back in the lineup. So, anyway, what does that do? Well, if Marchand is not the best left wing in Boston Bruins history, he's the second best. There's only Busek in that pile that matches up to what Marchand has done. No doubt. And so, the coach says he wants to keep his minutes at 16 to 17. That probably will be a struggle for him because this guy loves to play. He plays in every situation. He kills penalties, obviously five on five. The power play, he's been working on the power play, and the power play could use him. Um, But... I'd, I'd be curious to see if he can get him to play just 16 to 17 minutes or, you know, if Marchand will start begging for more ice time and do it in a hurry. I guess he's not going to play in Columbus, but he will play tonight, and that is for a team that's already 6-1. and one. To get one of the premium left-wingers back in the lineup is a, a tremendous rush. Now they're top two lines fit in perfectly and they're as good as any top two lines in the National Hockey League in my opinion with Bergeron you know perennial Selkie Trophy winner and you know an emerging Jake DeBras 25 goals last year Marchand on the left side and in the second line you got an MVP in Taylor Hall and David Krejci who's led the postseason in points twice and got a cup on his resume and David Postonok is going to be the next 11, 12, you name the number, million-dollar million player for the Bruins because he's off to a ridiculously hot start.
1: Which is always a good thing.
2: It is. So I just want to segue a little bit off of Marchand here because I know he's back, but he, the power play, just okay. Um, the power play starts with a good entry. and You've got to have an entry. And the way that most teams now try to find a way into the offensive zone with good possession has been around for probably 50 or 60 years or more than that. The Russians use this drop pass play where there's a first line of attack by the offensive players. And that pushes all the defense back. And so, because they have to respect that. Because if the first the puck carrier who's usually in the middle of the ice flanked by two, two other wingers, if they don't, he can dish it off one side or the other and you're in the zone. But usually those... Those defenders will back off, and then a safe and easy drop pass to a guy following from behind or two guys following from behind just to give each other an option is, is very safe, and then you get to be wound up, and the defenders are either stopped or coming forward, and that's a dangerous situation. And that player has to be, in my opinion, shouldn't be crazy, which has been a lot lately. He's been picking up the puck late or and, and trying to enter the zone. He's not fast enough. Once he gets in the zone, yeah, you want to find him the puck as quickly as you can because he's the, the best playmaker on the team. I mean they've got Bergeron can do it, Marchand can do it, Pasta can dish the puck, but Krejci's the guy you want to quarterback the power play. So to have employ him is is a mistake. I don't know that they'll give it to Marshan today, but Pasta's a better choice. Or, or anybody that has his fleet afoot, even DeBrusque when he's out there, they need to come late with speed, get possession in the zone cleanly, and then set up the power play. And that brings me to another point. Now that Mar- Marchand will be, um, he will be the guy that goes to the front of the net. Um, he'll be the net front's presence. We'd see Bergeron in the bumper, which is the in the middle of the two circles in the slot. And Krejci on the half wall. Postonok is teed up in the circle looking for a one-timer. And Lindholm is patrolling the, the blue line. That's all good. I like the setup. But it doesn't work unless you move around out of that. This, power plays are movement. You have to change the angle of your, your pass to your teammate. You have to, If you're Lindholm, for example, you got to get across the blue line, back and forth with a puck. That changes the angle of the checker and it gives you openings to get to different people. And it's also important for the other four guys, the non puck carrying players on the ice, that they're not static. That Craichy goes up and down the wall, that Marshan goes to the front of the net and then he goes to the corner and then he comes back to the front of the net when there seems to be a shot available. It's important that Postunak he's in the same position that Ovechkin's in, in Washington, that he moves up and down the wall and presents himself makes himself available. He doesn't have to stay on the face-off dud for the whole two minutes or however long he's out there. He's got to make sure that he's available, present himself for that one timer to whoever has the puck. And and Berge in the middle, he's got to go in, out, up, down, over, you know, and then maybe most importantly, when the puck is in, in possession is is up for grabs, you got to attack that thing like you're a hungry dog. You got to get right after it because the most depressing thing for power play players is when that thing gets shifted out of the zone 200 feet and you got to go back and try it again. So get possession of the puck, make sure you mooting move, this movement in there and it takes skilled players to do this. And now they have another option that I think is a tremendous option to have. And Marsha is now, you know, I, I think that's going to have a buzz in the locker room on uh, for, from everybody and, and a, a real boost and, you know what a what a great addition to the lineup at any time he'd be, but for him to come back now when the team is snow, snowing David. miraculously through the the drifts of the NHL season, I, they're just. You know, it's another weapon in their arsenal, and I'm sure they're going to use it.
1: I could not agree with you more, Mike. And you know, your your term is correct. They are snowballing to success right now, and off to the great start. They have definitely not lost the season in the first 10 games, and I'll take that as a passing grade when we get to our grading oh, later on. Oh,
2: not even a passing grade. I think I think I looked at you know that I'm to go by the NHL Network or NHL websites, rulings on who's the power players, but they've, they've climbed to three in, in their regard. And that's, a, that's pretty impressive Spe- for a team where there were lots of questions about and with, and with three key players out of the lineup. I don't want to move on yet before we just quickly touch back on the Dallas game the other night.
1: Yeah, let's do that.
2: Because it was, a, it was an excellent hockey game. I thought, you know, Montgomery used Bergeron against Rupe Hintz's line. That was their top line. Robertson and Pavelski were there. Uh and but both teams were ready to go. I thought both teams were, you know, early chances to Brusk and Lindholm. Jake Ottinger was was up to the task. B. U. kid was was good. Uh and then again there was Linus Omar, who was up to the task as well. Tyler Sagan, Joe Pavelski, Rupa Hintz, all had a crack at him in the first five, six minutes. And he he stoned him. I mean, he, he continues to impress uh, and so does Postonok. He got a one-time pass from Lindholm and I don't know how he shifted his body, turned his hips and got as much on the one-timer because Lindholm was almost at a 90-degree angle to him but somehow Postonok slammed it with, with authority and that's a I mean he is playing i just with with what looks like a level of confidence beyond what he had before and it seems to be a little less of the goofiness don't you agree
1: oh yeah some of that uh, that young i don't want to call it youngness but it's essentially what it is is the poise has now increased with him he's finally crossed over that line from being a, a young adult literally into being a real adult and of course Life just keeps coming at you. He's been no exception. We all know the struggles that he's had personally and his family and whatnot. And to be able to overcome all of that and still come out there, you know, two points on three shots, not a bad average at all, Mike. I got to tell you, there's a lot of guys in the league that would really like those kinds of numbers. Yeah, Three shots on that, that's, that's a bad night for anybody else, but... To get two points out of three shots, that's impressive to me. Yeah, it
2: is. And, and the Bruins had to work at this game. They, they, they got the game-winning goal on a, a shift whereas as Andy Brickley put it, they used the entire width and depth of the zone. They were in the zone zipping it around for a good 45 seconds or so. At least. Until, uh, until the play came to end it off with Hall scoring the goal. On a one timer, not as dramatic as Pasternak's, but he got a little bit lucky. There was, a, I think it was Suter who was in front, uh, taking care of Krejci, and it hit off a shooter's shin pad. Suter's shin pad. Try saying that five times fast. I couldn't say it once. Uh, um, <laughs> and uh, and went into the back of the net. You know, but I, I, it may have been lucky in that regard, but they earned it because they were they were forechecking hard, regaining possession going to places where they could, you know, recapture the puck, going to places where they could be open to receive a pass, as Hall did. And nice to see him as visible he's been in the last three or four games. So all things good against Dallas, and the points were well earned, and, you know, it's time to try to keep the party going against the Red Wings.
1: Absolutely. Mike, we're going to take our first break of the evening here. Folks, we do have some open lines. We are going to take your calls tonight. 781-834-9639 is the number here to Broadcast House. We will put those calls right on. So if you have a question, let's rock. 781-834-9639. We'll be right back in a flash with more Gloves Off Hockey with Mike Melbury, being brought to you by Ketchis Law Group. We are back here live on Gloves Off Hockey with Mike Milbury and your friend Ben Rabinovitz live here on 1510 WMEX. Going to go right to the puck line. This is Ken and Quincy joining us here. Ken, good evening. Good evening, Ben. How are you? I'm good. You're live on the air with me and Mike. Okay. Uh,
2: Mike, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, sir. Hey, sir. Listen, in case nobody has
0: officially welcomed you, I'm welcoming welcoming you to the MEX family, and you are now a good guy. All right. Thank you. Now, the only thing you have to have is talk to the person sitting next to you. You need a hat and a sweatshirt.
1: I've already got them lined up, Ken, I promise.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay, because you can't be a good guy without that. I just want to say, Mike, a big fan of yours, but I go back to the days... Uh, of Bobby Ur and Espo and Derek and Ty McKenzie and Johnny Busek. Who was the goalie back then? I can't remember.
2: Jerry Cheevers.
0: Oh, I thought so. Jerry Cheevers and EJ. Yeah, right? and then and when Johnston, they won the
2: Cup, Eddie Johnston was the backup goaltender. Uh, right. Very popular, likable guy, but when the game was on the line, it was Cheevers that got the nod. He was. Uh, yep, I re- okay,
0: now I remember because I knew Cheevers was back then, but I said. Was he way back then? So he must have been.
2: He was. Okay, he actually... That's that uh, my question, but you're doing a
0: great job. Great show. Followed you when you were up in your playing days, and it looks like we have a good team so far this year, and let's just pray for the best. And as I told Ben, he, you and he will be riding on the duck boat at the end of the season.
2: <laughs> well, well let's, let's hope so. Let's uh, hope so. That, you're and, right. Uh, but I just
0: want to welcome you, to, uh, you know, from the... Uh listeners that you are now a member of the good guy family. You're I mean, a good you're a
2: good guy for Dune, and we appreciate it. Okay,
0: and I will be listening every week.
2: All right. Okay, Mike. good. Again, thank I'll you bring for, that to our sales me. and marketing department. We got one more listener on regularly. But,
1: but okay, Jerry Chevers for, was a
2: great goaltender and and it was he was it was just fun to be in front of him cuz he was, you know, he was engaged. He was a competit- as competitive as anybody on the ice, and, uh, and he played a day not in a day when there was none of this flopping to those flippers on either side of your body, where the goalies automatically go down. It was right. a day when goaltenders challenged. They they charged out and shut down the angle, and it was an it was an exciting way to play. And he he was more aggressive than just about any other goaltender in the league at that time. And,
0: and maybe- he may have taken a cheap shot now and again at somebody going through the slot, you know, going
1: over the crease. Oh, no, he's
2: not afraid to use the stick. There was no question oh, about know. that. They,
1: they had it coming, Ken. You know it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but those were the good old days of hockey. And now we're hoping we have the,
0: uh, the, um, for, the few, for the listeners today, the youngsters, those will be, they'll refer to these days as the good old days. Now, what years did you play, Mike?
2: Uh, I, I played from 1975 to 87.
0: Okay, so you were back in that era of, of the people I just mentioned.
2: Yeah, for part of it. I mean, they, they had yeah. won their cups, and Don Cherry's had taken over, and I came in about the time he started to do his thing. And we had some – we got close, but uh, no cigar, unfortunately, after those nasty Canadians did us in several years in a oh, row. Yeah. It was It was a uh, – it was yeah, a struggle. That was
0: the one one of the games that when I was at college up at Pittsburgh State, we watched the Bruins in the in the great room in the dorm because we couldn't have TVs in the room, and that would be Bruins night. And it well, goes back. To that, the, it was great for back. you
2: to call in. We appreciate it, and I'm glad you're going to keep on listening. So have a good okay, night and go you. go I'm, bees, as soon right? I'm going
0: to take it off and hang up. I'm going right back to listen.
2: All right, thanks. Okay,
0: keep up the good work, and you too, Ben
1: appreciate you hollywood okay, ken out in I'm quincy later, <laughs> take care brother thank you right here on gloves off hockey and well that phone line's kicking now mike i'll tell you 781-834-9639 we got another caller on the line we're going to heath out there on the south shore heath welcome on with mike millbury on gloves off hockey
3: hey guys how are we doing tonight
1: great how
2: are you
3: Good. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Mike, just wanted to get your take really quick. Um, excited to see Brad Marchand is back. Um, obviously a lot earlier than expected. Um, just wanted to get your thoughts on how do you see the lineup up front going forward? Um, I really liked at the, the start of the season. I, I liked the, the, the look of that check line where you had, uh, you had Pasta, um, Zaka, and Krejci. Um, you got, you got DeBrusque up on the first unit right now, playing, uh, playing with Bergeron and, uh, and Hall. Um, I mean.
2: Well, that's going to flip tonight because Marchand's going to reclaim his position with Berge in the middle and DeBrusque on the right side. Uh, you're not going to see, you're not going to see Zaka. I mean, if Hall, Hall is on the second line now with Krejci and Postonok. And I mean, you could you could make an argument that the check line was really playing pretty well and could have could have had a future, but how do you keep an MVP in the league like Taylor Hall on the third line? I mean, he's not going to play with Berge because Martian is there. If he's not playing with Krejci, he's playing with Charlie Coyle, who's a terrific third line player. But so I think that's the thinking. And right from what I know um, tonight, Trent Frederick will play with Coyle and. Zaka will play his off wing, on the right side, and the okay. the fourth line: Felino who's had a good start, and Dosik and and Smith, and Smith just needs to get going. I actually would prefer to see Smith on the third line. I think he's more capable offensively, but Zaka has shown some moments. So that's the way it's it stacks up right now.
3: Yeah, it's, I've I've noticed kind of you know Monty's been Montgomery's been moving the kind of shifting some of the units a little bit, trying to get some different looks. Um, what, what would you think about dropping DeBrusque down with coil and then putting someone like AJ Greer on the left side?
2: Or do you well, I, think that's just I don't think I think Greer is a grinder and a worker and a physical presence. Um, I think DeBrusque is trying to find his way offensively. I mean he certainly got hot enough at the end of last year. I think he's a good try with Bergeron and and Marchand, you know, the perfection line, it was the perfection line. They were a great line together, but it stacked up too much. And on the first line, it's without Krejci there. Now that Krejci's there, you give him a, a guy like Postonok, Postonok's tied for the lead in points in the, in the national hockey league. Yeah, and that's a pretty good st- And Krejci second on the team in scoring. So now you've got balance. And if you've got Hall on the left side of those guys, it becomes two very dangerous top lines. Uh, yes. I, I don't think Greer deserves a top six spot. I mean, he's lucky to be on the roster right now. In fact, he's not even in the lineup tonight. It looks like
3: the. Um, how do you think that goes forward, though? Like you know, as we you know, toward towards the tail end of the season, we start gearing up for playoffs. You know, obviously, having, I, I, obviously you don't have any two other two forwards
2: top. to choose from right now. I mean, everybody that's available is available. I, I personally, you know, would like to see them find a way to get Smith going because I think. He's responsible enough defensively and he's shown that he can put some points on the board and Coyle can too. So that one-two unit, who you put on the left side is Zaka. Zaka's got to learn to manage the puck better. He coughs it up and he finds himself in poor position defensively. He's got to go, oh, I think a couple of helpers. But um, you know, when we saw the Bruins making defensive mistakes, as they have made over the last seven games, uh, quite too often it was Zaka who you'd point a finger at. And so either, I mean, I'd love to see him play with Coyle and Smith and find out how it is to work as a third line checking unit mainly, but also responsible for putting up some points because that third line in the playoffs becomes very important.
3: Yeah. It's going to be huge. And how do you think they're going to stack? I mean, I've I've seen the Red Wings play a little bit and, you know, obviously they're a super young team and they've, they've got some intriguing size. Um, you know how, how do you think the Bruins are going to match up against you
2: know some of that that size tonight? Yeah, there are a couple. They got a six foot eight. I think it's Rasmussen that's yeah. six, six foot six eight nine. or one of, one of those six, guys. Six just,
1: foot eight, two twenty five, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, it's Soderblom that's six eight, and, and Rasmussen is six six. So we're going to get into that in a little bit though. But um, you know, I think it could have been a game because it's the Red Wings and they haven't been good for a long time that the Bruins could have maybe not gotten up for as much as they should. And it's tough to get up for all 82 games. But now with Marchand back in the lineup, that's an immediate, you know, he's the energizer bunny. He's the pest. He's the guy that's going to tick everybody off. And so, and he'll come into the room bouncing off the walls and, and wanting to play. He wanted to play weeks ago, I guess, but. Now he gets his opportunity. Everybody that plays with him, like Bergeron and DeBrusque, will be ready. Everybody else that sees this asset come back into the lineup is going to be excited to have him at full strength. So I don't think motivation is going to be a problem tonight. I think they'll be ready to rock and roll.
3: Great. Well, I appreciate you guys taking my call. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, no problem.
1: Always a pleasure, Heath. Wherever you are in the South Shore, we appreciate you listening and calling in, brother. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Absolutely. Mike, It's uh, we're just rolling right along here. This is great. We're going to step aside take a uh, – actually, no know what? It's close enough for the next one. Let's just take the next caller. What do you think, Mike? And we'll uh, go to the go right ahead after that. So we are going to chime in now. We've got Dave out in North Attleboro. Attaboy, listening in on WMEX. Dave, you out there. Yeah, how you doing? Good, good. You're on live with Mike Milbury.
4: Thank you, sir. Thanks for taking the call. I just wanted to ask a little bit about the line combination, specifically – do we think we'll ever see uh, a reuniting of Pasternak with Marshawn and Bergeron as the season progresses? Here, I know he's had some chemistry with Krejci, but I was wondering if you have any insight that on that, Mike, and uh, whatever your thoughts are, that'd be great.
2: Yeah, well, I, I listen. If if it's a slow night, the team doesn't look like they're doing much. They're having trouble scoring a goal. It's always good to be to know that you could shake it up and you can shake it up back to a lineup that has chemistry as proven chemistry over a couple of years. So to have that ability is great. But for me, having the one, two punch of the Bergeron and then the, the Krejci line with hall and pasta that's, you know, that's as good as it's going to get, but to be able to, you know, there are nights that you got to mix and match. There are nights that you're going to say, this guy just doesn't have it. And I'm or our team doesn't have it, and I, I got to find a way, not to just let the two points get away, and having the ability to mix and match and get back to the so-called perfection line. Not that I love that nickname, but it—that's what people called it. As a, it's a great tool, and Jim Montgomery's a trick. So I'm sure we'll see it at some point, uh, but I, I don't think there's any rush for it. Not not at six and one. And not with Marchand coming back to a you know to the Bergeron line. I think we're we're looking at I hope what is a you know solid top six for a while, and hope nobody gets hurt and they can they can figure this out. And other teams are going to have a real headache with these two top talented sixes. And 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 I think we're going to we're going to find out right away where Marchand is in this mix. But it may take him a couple of games to get back into it. But I I just think the mix and match is there. But I like the stability of lines. And I and I think I think that's the way the players mostly like it. But I think they understand it's it's time to roll the dice once in a while.
4: And how do you go about, uh, given your coaching experience? I'd like to hear how you you calculate depth versus kind of going for a sure thing. If you put Martian and Pasternak back together with Bergeron, it's a pretty safe bet that they're going to put up some points. But then you you forstake a little bit of that depth that you would get with Pasternak uh, playing with Krejci. So what should well, I I don't think you
2: do. I don't about. think you sacrifice anything with Krejci. First of all, Krejci and Pasternak know each other. Pasternak idolizes Krejci. They're relishing the chance to play with one another. Uh, the the guy on the left side, Taylor Hall, is an MVP. You can't really be thinking, "Well, geez, I'm gonna I need to play with somebody better than this." I mean, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty rock solid uh line and I don't even call it the second line. I think it's my only concern about the lines, not the first two lines, is the third line. You know, Coyle's been okay, but you know, Smith can't quite get out of his own way and I don't like what Zaka's doing for the most part. Uh so they're mixing and matching there and 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 as I mentioned, come playoff time, that third unit is going to be very important. Right now it's a work in progress.
4: And how does Zaka follow into that equation I, I saw that he and Krejci are both I think Zaka's minus four on the year and Krejci minus two um the two worst plus minus numbers out of the whole forward group so do you see any defensive issues there
2: I and definitely what do, you, do
4: what's looking for out of Zaka as the
2: year I, I, I Zaka it's high first round pick hasn't quite found his stride clearly out of position on several goals against this year clearly was an Able to was able to turn the puck over and hand it to op- opposing teams for goals. That's why he's a minus four. And and that, even if even if Jim Montgomery wants to run and gun, include the defense. Uh, it's that's not going to play well. You can't just cough up easy goals or easy opportunities. And that's what Zaka has done uh, tonight. He gets to play. It looks like he's getting to play on the third line, which is fine, uh, but. He needs to do more to earn it. And, you know, it can't just be all fun and games on the offensive end. You have to be responsible defensively. So far, he's been weak in that department.
4: And I, I got one more unrelated question for you. They have two, two goaltenders who look like they can play all right. Um, if you're in the general manager's office uh, of the Bruins are you thinking about moving one of those players at, at some point in the season to get a little bit of help, on defense or some production on offense? You think
2: would- I doubt it. I doubt it. I mean, I, I, I think they're, they should be happy that Omar has played lights out for five wins in a row, you know, leads the league and games won by a goaltender and uh, looks to be, a, you know, a different breed of cat and net. I mean, quicker, stable, focused, and you know Swayman, we haven't seen much. We'll see him tonight. But um, what is I think Omar is 29 and Swayman what 23 or four, whatever that is. But I I haven't seen enough to say okay, we got a number one goalie, and then you still you're going to put a hole in your 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 lineup if you take out what clearly is if he's the number two guy Swayman, um, a guy that could be a big part of your future, and that's what we all thought he would be. So I don't think they're going to dent that part of the lineup man and they need more time with Allmark they need more time with Swayman to know exactly what they have and I think they'll take their time in assessing both of them
1: All right thanks guys appreciate
2: All right it. thanks for the call
1: Yeah that was Good awesome one. appreciate you bud thank you for calling Mike we're going to take our halftime break right here on Gloves off Hockey but we are taking your calls and we're going to be breaking down the Detroit Red Wings original 6 lineup and the matchup when we come back here at WMEX 781 834 9639. We'll be back in a flash. Right back at it here at 1510 AM, Quincy, Boston, and online at WMEXBoston.com. You're listening to Gloves Off Hockey with Mike Milbury and your friend Ben Rabinovitz live. Back to Mike over in the studio. And Mike, it's been a wild ride thus far for these Bruins and another original six matchup coming up tonight. This is exciting stuff.
2: Yeah, it is. You know, and I just, I'd kind of like to take a look back and say, okay, how did we get to six and one? Where are we? You got to start with a coach. Hard not to give them a good grade. They're in first place overall, they haven't lost at home. They've blown a couple of leads and had some moments defensively. But he seems to be kind of as advertised. He's upbeat all the time. I've never seen him like, I never see him snarly on the bench. He's always got something positive to say about players. You know, Carlos coming back. He said, We need him back. He's a great player. And uh, if the team makes mistakes, there hasn't been any finger pointing, certainly not any public finger pointing. And I think that's kind of what one of the things that may have gotten Bruce Cassidy in, into trouble. You know, after after the wild ride in in Ottawa, where there was, you know, 12 goals scored on the night, you know, he just said, "Oh, that's hockey." You know, I was scratching my head and pulling my hair out watching some of the things that they were doing, but he just said, "Hey, that's hockey." And how does that translate back to the players? Well, seems to me you would start to think, "Well, this guy's got my back." You know, he's not gonna he's not gonna blame me, or if he's gonna blame me, he's gonna explain things to me, and you're probably going to want to play for somebody like that, don't you think?
1: Something like um, that, at the very least.
2: Yeah. So they've got to manage a lot, coaches. Conditioning was one. that doesn't seem to be a problem. They seem to be forechecking hard. Discipline, I think they've been better. They've gotten better defensively. You know, As good as they've been in their, I think, second in the league offensively, um, you still have to play with some discipline, and I think that's starting to come around. And they certainly seem to be motivated, which is also the, in the realm of the coach's duties. And I, I mean, I, I guess I got to give him an A. I mean, that's a pretty darn good start for a guy that hadn't been behind the bench in a couple of years and had gone through some issues that that he had to address. And now he's with a good team and seems to be pulling the, the strings pretty properly. Power play has been okay. No, vac, no McAvoy, no Marchand. Still, there's enough talent. To make it work, they're just they're just under twenty percent, you know. So it's not a strength, and that's going to improve when Marshan gets his rhythm. Um,
1: just found a, a projected yeah. power play lineup here for tonight for the bees, and I gotta ask you your take on this because uh, first power play unit, unless I'm missing something, I don't even see a defenseman on the ice. It's Krejci, Pasta, Marshan, Bergeron, and DeBrusque on that first unit per Fluto Shinzawa unit two is going to be lindholm zaka Hall coil and felino all right one more time that. that second unit lindholm zaka hall coil and felino wow right
2: um I don't like it
1: i don't either I, I, <laughs> I really like-
2: don't like it because I, I just don't feel you need to have you need to have somebody <laughs> responsible defensively really deflating to get a uh A shorthand goal scored against you and to in my experience these forwards playing defense they don't get it it's a hard position to play you got to learn to 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 time things have gaps that are proper space things out make sure you can pivot and, and go and and forwards don't do this they don't make it a they don't make it a habit to do that could this turn out to be uh you know a big power play unit that that works, it could. I mean, the skilled guys are everywhere on the ice. But uh, uh, for me, there's nothing wrong with Lindholm, who's also a skilled guy, but knows how to play a two-on-one or a one-on-one right. back on the blue line. Like, why would not so, you put him in I mean, place
1: on, instead of DeBrusque on that first line there? I mean, is DeBrusque really that important on the first power play line? I, I mean, I... I, I
2: I don't have Jim Montgomery's number, but if I did, I'd call him and ask. Right. Because I, I I don't I don't believe that you need to make this big of a statement offensively when your team is already you know putting up big numbers of goals. And yeah, the power play is not what it should be, but with Marshan back in the lineup, that makes a big step forward. If you have a defenseman on the ice as well as five forwards, so I'll be curious to see how it works. Um, obviously they haven't had a, they, with Marsha not being part of it for a while, they haven't had a chance to work on things like the entry that we talked about, or, you know, where is everybody going to set up, um, with another forward on the ice that's, that's going to need to be addressed.
1: Absolutely. And
2: I mean, are they all rotating five guys that I'd love that? I mean, if there were, everybody was rotating in and out of positions, five guys at a time power play movement is, is always a welcome thing changing angles presenting yourself for as an available option but I I don't need I don't think you need to go that far with five forwards has it been done before yes it's been done before we haven't seen it from the Bruins in quite some time four forwards you know fairly often but this one is a um, that's a it's a head scratcher that's a surprise yeah it's a surprise no. but it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't seem out of his approach to hockey i mean he he wants some run and gun he wants to see people get involved offensively and he's willing to take risks in order to get that will that will will that work in the long run i I don't know but it, it certainly has been okay for the the near run um you know we're all hoping they'd get to thanksgiving and both players would be back but and they would be you know in the playoff picture at that time, and then they could get hot. Well, they just got hot right off the bat. And they didn't need five on the power play, but I can understand why he's trying to do it. They want to get it going a little bit, but wouldn't be my call to do it this way. We'll see how it works.
1: Never a bad try to try something when things are going well, at least. Worst thing you could do is mess it up, right, Mike? I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. that's worst-case scenario. We're talking about all the changes to the lineup for the Bruins here, but Detroit is also going to be featuring a couple of line changes. They've got some injuries that they're dealing with right now. Giovanni's out. Uh, but they are calling up from the Grand Rapids Griffins Matt Luff back into the lineup, and he'll be replacing Oscar Sundquist, who is out with injury right now. Young kid, but known to be throwing the body around. He's a fast 25 year old on his feet. Not bad at all, and he's lighting it up down in the AHL right now. Yeah, he's got
2: seven points in five games, and that's, you know, when you're looking for, you know, a live body, you want to get the thing about call ups is you want to get a guy that's playing at the top of his game, and apparently. Matt Loff is doing that right now. Um, I don't know much about him. I'll get a chance to see him really for the first time tonight, but I'm I am curious to see how this Detroit team uh, shakes out. They've had, you know, lost their first game uh, the other night against New Jersey, and but they have a pretty good top line. Um, Dominic kubelik has got ten points, leads his team. Dylan Larkin's the captain. He's he can fly. You're going to have to worry about him. And David Perron on the right side on their top line can really snipe. He can score goals. You can you can't allow him the opportunity to get open anywhere around the slot because he can really rip it. And so that's the line that's most concerning, although we did talk about that. Their third line with Soderblom at 6'8" and Rasmussen at 6'6" and the, the weak link on that line, Adam Ernie at just six foot one. That's a lot of beef. It's a lot um, of meat. We'll see if they can skate well enough to, to utilize that beef. That would be my question. You know, their second line is Valino Coppen Lucas Raymond. Who's the young kid we've talked about before is all rookie team kid from Sweden. Um, but it's not overwhelming that that lineup is not overwhelming to me and neither is their defense. It, it's a, the only, you know, we Olimata who's been around for a long time. Ben Sharat's been around for a long time. So is Robert Ag, and and, and really, so they've got three younger players. Moritz Sider is a all rookie from from Switzerland, and Ronick and Lindström. This is a team that you need to forecheck against. You mean you need to go after it. I don't know if they're playing who they're playing in goal, but doesn't matter to me. Either one of those two guys needs to be peppered tonight get on this d make them cough it up and don't deny yourself the opportunity to shoot this is a team that's trying to learn how to win they've learned to lose a long time ago you know Gonna kind of reteach them the lesson of how to lose and do it early by forechecking hard getting it in deep and and making sure you don't pass up an opportunity to shoot the puck and i think that's the way you're going to beat this team. I mean, they'll they'll come in ready after having lost their first game and then all the hullabaloo about Marchand it works in the Bruins' favor, but it also gets everybody's attention in the in the Detroit locker room. Right. So, I don't I don't expect that they will do anything but come ready to play. You know, are they good enough to keep up with the Bruins' top two units? I don't think so. I don't think it's even close top six forwards on Detroit versus top six forwards on Boston, not even close. And I don't think that the defense is close either. Um, so it should be a night where the two points in the bank, I hope they don't get overly excited, make some mistakes early. A Marsh on back might cause some people to try to do too much maybe, but um, I, I think they'll win this game. I think they should win this game. And they're going out on the road for four games after this. So it's nice to put that, Last game at home away, and then you know, head out and do the best you can on the road trip.
1: That's exactly what we're looking forward to here, Mike. And uh, to answer your question, starting goaltenders for tonight for the Boston Bruins, it will be Jeremy Swayman, and for the Red Wings, it will be Ville Husseau. We're going to take our final break of the evening. When we come back, Kevin McKenna, he's on the phone, ready to talk with us. Some hockey here on Gloves Off Hockey with Mike Milbury and your friend Ben here on 1510 WMEX. We will be right back. Gloves Off Gloves off! Hockey being brought to you by Ketches Law Group here on 1510 WMEX with your host, Mike Milbury your friend Ben along with. Uh, now Mike, I'm looking at my roster here and I'm seeing some conflicted reports actually. Initially uh, Fluto Shinzao is saying that uh, AJ Greer are going to be sitting in place of Trent Frederick. So well, that hmm. third
2: that third line or fourth line. I mean, I th- I thought, you know, Felino and Nosek have been good pretty lights out together. Yeah. yeah, I don't see a guy like Zaka fitting in very well with them. I'd rather see somebody else. Uh, you know, there's some other choices there, but Hey, that's why they gave him the whistle, Jim Montgomery. He'll make the call and we'll get a look at it when they they, they do the official score sheets and just before the, the warm-up. Swayman versus Huso, uh, who played for St. Louis and played very well last year. Bennington was out for a portion and he got the call on a, a lot of nights, but I think it was not positive, but I think it was salary cap related that they couldn't hang on to him. And uh, so he winds up in a Detroit uniform but he hasn't been the number one goaltender i think he's he's uh he's had a couple chances but velkovic has been their number one guy or their go-to guy let's see how it plays out and then the other end is is jeremy swayman who you know had a tough night in ottawa i mean the first couple goals he's got a he's got to shoulder the responsibility in ottawa and there were the other ones where as his coach pointed out he was left out to dry by his teammates. So, but there's 82 games. You're going to give Swayman an opportunity, but from Swayman's perspective, he needs to play better than he played in his other outings. And, you know, I think we've seen him play better than that. And we all thought there was going to be a bit of a competition for the number one spot, but most people thought it was going to go to, in the end, it would go to Swayman. But Omar has made a case now that this is, this is no surefire thing that Swayman's going to be number one because he's done whatever he's done in the off season. However he's approached this or give Bob a credit. You know, this is a, a much improved goaltender who has been as good as any goaltender in the league through his early part of the season. So, you know, it's kind of a fun thing to watch now. Swayman's got the heat on him. You know, he becomes the Bailey Zappi, if you will. Um, so we'll see what happens tonight, but I, I, think the Bruins will be ready, especially as we talked about earlier with Marchand's return. And, and, uh, I think they have a good problem having two talented goaltenders. One of whom is right on, on the very top of his game right now. This is going to be an interesting night tonight with Marchand back. I penalty killing. I got to give the grade as a, as an A for the Bruins for their first seven games. What about the forwards? Man, what do you say about Posenock? his, goal and assist in last game that they win two to one. And, and he's, he's got magic going right now. We've talked about his maturity level. Pay him for front. I'll just pay, pay,
1: our pay boy. him. Pay him. I mean,
2: Krejci, you know, I, his pace scares me a little bit, but he's, you know, you could see the way he moves the puck. Why he's so been so productive over the course of the year. I give him an A minus Bergeron, you know, if you talk about Bergeron, to me, probably every game, I think I give him a, almost an A. I mean, five-time Selkie Trophy winner, his best defensive forward. I mean, he just he gets it. He gets everything about the game, and he plays through all sorts of issues. And Taylor Hall, slow start, uh, maybe because he had the shoulder problem, but he's got it going. Um, got the shootout winner against Minnesota. Uh, I give him a, an A minus, and he's on his way lately to playing at an A level. Jake DeBrusque, very visible player on the four check, working hard, got half, five, six points, needs to keep shooting the puck. Um, I give him an A minus. It's pretty good grades. I'm usually much tougher than this, Ben.
1: Usually, yeah. I'm kind of sitting here like I, I, he's not wrong, folks. But usually yeah. I, I'd figure you'd be uh, much tougher on these guys. Yeah. But they're playing cool. great. They look great out there. Yeah,
2: they, they are. I mean, Coyle, um, been okay. Fooling around with some different line mates. Give him a B plus. Greer, okay. Nick Felino, I got to give at least a B plus For all he's been through, three goals Kids through be- seven games. I mean, that's...
1: Kids producing.
2: He is, and and sick is just as, as tough, as you want him to be. And we we mentioned this before. It's just unfortunate that his hands just don't work that well. I mean, they're hard hands, and just doesn't you know, want to cooperate. Yeah, he can he can fire it out of the zone. He'll kill penalties and block shots and take hits and give hits. But um, it'd be nice to see him slipping a goal from time to time. But I gave him a B plus. The only forward I have problems with is Zaka. I mean, you just can't play, especially if you're, you're considering an offensive forward, you want to produce. He's got three points, not enough for me, but he also has probably caused directly three, four goals against. So sorry, Pavel, C-minus. Um, and I'll give incompletes to Sudnika and Frederick and Greer. Just haven't seen enough of them. H- Hampus Lindholm has owned the blue line. We talked to Billy Jaffe yesterday, and he was—he's really impressed with what this kid is bring bringing. And I am too. They needed him in the absence of McAvoy to take control of the the back end, and uh, and he has. And he's got—he's a plus seven. And with five points, so he's 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 doing it offensively as well as defensively, and I got to give him an A. Grizzlick came back and was different. You know, it was a different looking defense. I thought he made an immediate improvement to the group. Just needs to stay healthy. The kid just needs to stay out of the hospital. And I gave him an A. Connor Clifton has, has no doubt about what grade he gets. He's been smashing into people and uh, picking up a few points along the way. You know, the hit against Rupee Hintz led to a fight with Colin Miller against Dallas. I mean, that's a, it's a real pick-me-up for your hometown fans to see that and for your teammates to see that. He's been consistent. It's
1: a good look is yeah. exactly what it is.
2: It is. And uh, I'm not a Riley fan. He's been a little bit better lately. Uh, I'll, I'll sort of ride it out here, but I'll give him a C. Forbort's been good. He just does his job. Could he be a little bit more physical? Yeah, he could. Uh, and Zboril, well, I hope they can get something for him I'm not sure this kid's going to pan out. But...
1: Pro- probably not sticking around for too, too long in the old career line, but you know well, what? There's still plenty of hockey to play in his future, and hopefully that'll be uh, a good time to play.
2: Yeah, so anyway, um. Yeah. We're going to talk, I was wanted to talk about the penalty killing, but we got we had a bunch of callers, so I couldn't get much to it. But I want to talk about St. Louis's penalty killing, which has been amazing. Um, I love the way they play the game, St. Louis, with Craig Berube as their coach. But their penalty killing is a four-man press against five guys. You'll see four defenders in the corner, and you'll see one of the power play guys in the slot standing all alone. Their theory is if they can get to you fast enough and they can't you don't make a clean play, they can recover in time to again then pressure it again. And that's what they're doing. So they play at Nashville tonight. I'm going to look forward to tuning into that one and, and seeing how they how successful they become at it. Well, but tonight, it's Detroit. Marshan back, points on the line before road trip. Go get them. I love
1: it. Mike, thank you so much. Another week in the books here. The black and gold set for face-off any moment now. And, folks, you have been listening to Gloves Off Hockey with Mike Milbury, proudly brought to you by Ketchus Law Group. Check him out online at on 1510 WMEX.